2: You know, have you ever wondered uh, why you can't change some habits and patterns that you want to change? Have you ever wanted to change but not known how? Have you started a a new routine, a, a, a new pattern, a goal, and then you fail, and then you fail, and then you give up? Have you ever considered it might not be as much about your willpower as it is about your environment. All true leaders ask themselves three questions. Where am I now? Where am I going? And what will it take to get there and how long? But that's only if we're living in the now moment. You see, we have timelines. We have a past, we have a present, we have a future. And there's a leadership principle that I live by, and so many of them that are so important. But you gotta understand what beginning with the end in mind means. You see, it's all about our environment, and when you change your perspective, you change your position. When you change your perspective, You change your reality. When you change your position, you change your perspective. See how they feed each other? It's a feedback loop. Let me give you an example. I got this article uh, from Friday, November 3rd, uh, out of uh, CNBC, I think it was. Panera Bread founder credits his $7.5 billion success to a simple tactic, writing his own Obituary. Ron Sage spent roughly two decades building Panera Bread into a nationwide behemoth, ultimately selling it for 7.5 billion in 2017. The Panera co-founder of 69 credits that success to a simple practice, which he did and still does once per year. He tells CNBC making uh, make it writing a pre mortem. That's what you call it a pre mortem. He says quote between Christmas and his December thirtieth birthday, Shayich dedicates a day or two to visualize himself at the end of his life. He says he writes a news story, obituary or journal entry from the hypothetical future, looking back on his own endeavors, listing only the most important accomplishments. Then he maps out how to get from his current state to that future version of himself. He starts at the end and plans backwards and then he reaches the present day. He outlines specific projects he can undertake within the following year. The practice helps Shy H combat the tendency to procrastinate. He says, I don't want to worry about a heart attack on the way to the hospital when it's too late. I want to build and build like it matters. See, there are many ways to see things in life, but let me suggest that the many is three. There are three perceptual positions. We can see things from our own perspective, from our own map mapperality, that first position is called self. Or, or should I say and, we can see things from a second position, which is other. That's when you're in a battle with somebody, an argument with somebody, an interaction with somebody, and then you look back, and as you view the situation looking back, You now occupy the other person's position. You get out of your skin, your belief, your perception, your map of reality, and you get into theirs. And you see it through their eyes, not yours. Through their map of reality, not yours. Through their perceptive realm, not yours. And the third position is observer, overview. To basically watch something like someone from the outside, like you were watching the interaction you had with your family, with your kid, with your spouse, on a DVD. Without the emotional involvement, it gives you an overview. See, first position, if we get stuck there, we get stuck in ego. You gotta get outside of yourself, leader. Rule number one about being a leader is not about you. Second position, other. If you're always looking at things from other people's perspective, you get stuck there, you're a sucker. Everybody else is right and you're wrong If you get stuck in third position, just looking at everything from the overview as an observer, then you're disassociated You're not emotionally involved with your cause And so not only do we have three perceptual positions, but we also have a timeline We have a past we have a present we have future see there are layers and there are stages. This is why we need help unpacking this creature called the human being. This is why I do what I do. This is why I'm on the radio every day. This is why you can find me at net This is why you can find me at wayofwarrior.blog. This is why you can find me at training because we're fighting a good fight. And as the Bible says, it's appointed for man to die one time and then comes a judgment. Well, it's also the two things in life that no one can escape, death and taxes. That's why I wrote this song, a poem. It's called The Dash of Your Life. I know of a man who stood to speak at a gathering of family and friends. He spoke of a friend no longer here, not long ago had been. In a box at the front of the room, his friend does lay his final bed. Tears flowing, speaking words of wisdom. And this is what he said. There's the date of our birth and the day that we die. In the space between, our dash of life does lie. The way that we live on this earth, this becomes our dash. When you live your life like it matters, it matters not the cars, the house, the cash. Think about that. Are there things you'd like to change? The time is now. You could be at the end or mid dash range. You can't control the length of your dash. This is for God to divine. The width, intensity, this is yours. No butt prints in the sands of time. What will you do today? Every day is like a ticking clock. How did you spend your time before your time in the box? When your eulogy is written, life's actions rehashed. It's okay to be proud of things they say about how you spent your dash. But here's the problem, a lot of us think we're gonna live forever. A lot of us are living in some tomorrow that's not guaranteed. But be honest with you, more people are living in a past that's already finished. And today, we gotta ask ourselves many questions, and one of the questions is this, who's shaking the jar? Today we're gonna have a guest, a friend, a graduate from Leadership Awakening Team 251 a man who is in America, a man who comes from Uganda, a man who knows the ups and downs of life, a man who knows the pain of loss and the hope of opportunity. And yet we got to realize that somebody's shaking the jar. Somebody's pitting us against each other. There's an interesting social media meme that floats across my eyes every so often. You've seen it. If you can catch 100 red fire ants that live in the southwestern desert and also about a 100 of those large black ants that live there and drop them in the same jar, not much will happen until you shake the jar vigorously and dump them out on the ground. Then the red ants will attack the black ants and the black ants will attack the red ants and they'll devastate each other. The thing is, the red ants think the enemy is the black ants, and the black ants think the enemy is the red ants, and all those ants put together never do figure out that the real enemy is the one who's shaking the jar. And today, we got to remember, why are we here? What's our purpose Today, I'm gonna be joined in studio by a recent graduate from Leadership Awakening 251. See, many people are wounded warriors getting through the day-to-day pain of this world. In a world that is focused on our differences, what if we focus on our similarities? In order to deal with lifelong pain and disappointment, many people go numb. And if we are numb, we can't feel our pain or the pain of others. When we become aware, when we are awakened, Then people pain produce change our perception of who we are and what we're called to become. After the break, we'll be joined by John Paul. In a box at the front of the room, there his friend does rest, his final bed. Tears flowing, speaking words of wisdom. And this is what he said. There's the date of our birth and the day that we die. The space between our dash of life does lie. The way that we live on this earth, this becomes our DASH. When you live life like it
3: hey, matters, listen, it are you a 50-year-old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob. Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month. Look, you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business, and you may be paying too much. Call Bob, and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you. Look, this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have. Your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years. And if you're a smoker or your health is not perfect, Bob has great rates for you too. So for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month, call Bob right now 800-890-5049 800-890-5049 800-890-5049 that's 800-890-5049 paid for by term direct my show's about helping
2: people become all they were created to be Well, we all occupy a body and we don't know how it works we are born into it but man that's a machine and when you understand how that machine works then you can work it more effectively that's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters.
0: Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black.
2: Think about that. Are there things you'd like to change? The time is now. You could be at the end or mid-range. You can't control the length of your dad. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and applications. I am in the life-changing business. In order sometimes to change our life, we have to change our perspective. And sometimes in order to change your perspective, you must change your environment. And that means sometimes you got to project yourself in the future and have a little vision and see how the whole thing winds up. Almost 200 years ago, a man looked at the morning newspaper and to his surprise and horror, he read his own name in the obituary column. You see, the newspapers had reported the death of the wrong person. It was a mistake though. They didn't realize they'd gotten it wrong. This gentleman, as he read his own obituary, his first response was shock am I here or am I dead? When he regained his composure, his second thought was, I wonder what people are gonna say about me now that they think I'm no longer here. And so the headline of his obituary read, Dynamite King Dies. It also had a highlighted section that says, he was the merchant of death. This man was the inventor of dynamite. And when he read the words, merchant of death, he asked himself a question. Is this how I'm going to be remembered? You see, he got emotionally involved with his life for the very first time. He got in touch with his feelings and he decided this was not the way he wanted to be remembered. And so from that day forward, he drew a line in the sand. He did the great up until now. And he started working towards peace. What was his name? Why, you know his name. His name was Alfred Nobel. And today he is remembered by the great Nobel Prize. What's it awarded for? Supposedly, bringing peace. And just as Alfred Nobel got in touch with his feelings and redefined his values. We should all take a step back and do the same. Why do you show up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again? When you're no longer on this planet, how would you like to be remembered? If that's our ending point, whatever that is, then by the grace of God, we have some work that we get to do. And sometimes we got to change our position in order to change our perspective. And so let's go to the phone lines and let's welcome John Paul to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, John Paul? I'm doing great, Mr. How are you doing? Uh, I'm in the hands of God, brother, just like you, just like you. So uh, uh, last Thursday, uh, you showed up. Uh, to a uh, hotel meeting room in Las Vegas, Nevada, for a class that you had no idea what it was called—Leadership Awakening. John Paul, how, what brought you to the outside of my door? How did you get to to my class? What brought you to me?
1: Well, uh, one of the things that brought me to it is that just, uh, I wanted to I wanted to grow. I wanted to grow as a leader. I wanted to grow in every walk of life. And I have a good friend of mine that. Was, me a text uh, uh, with your last class in Minneapolis and it's like put this in your calendar you're going to Vegas on uh, 9th through the 12th I was like done and uh, <laughs> on the 9th I was in Vegas
2: and so what did you think you were there for I mean did you think you were just there for some personal growth do you think it was just a motivational communication class what did you think you were going for
1: be honest i um because i have a few friends that have attended the class but uh, i didn't really know the depth of it i just saw the transformation in them and uh deep down i was like i i i don't know what is going to happen i just had uh a few reservations of like um like what it is, like what am I yeah. walking into? But then the other part of me had this expectation and this excitement of, I know I want to grow, I know I want to be better, so I'm excited for that. But my it was kind of that middle ground of reservation, but expectation as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, here's a cool thing, John Paul. You just said it. So here's your your good friend and Dylan Olson is uh, our friend, uh, and he said, yeah. "Listen, trust me." I'm going to send you this thing and go. And so even though you knew nothing, uh, you trusted him enough. And, yeah, because you knew nothing, now the anticipation, the fear was kind of kicking in. So so be honest. Five minutes into it. You know, we're going now for five minutes. Uh, uh, we've been – you've kind of got acquainted with me. What's going through your head? Are you thinking good thoughts or are you thinking bad thoughts? What What are you thinking of five minutes into it? Um, it, was,
1: it was good thoughts. Good thoughts, but I wasn't um, I was on on the edge of my seat because (laughs) um, I remember the first words that came out of your mouth uh, because it was a new environment. I think it all went over my head i didn't hear a thing because i was like okay what's happening and then the next yeah. thing i know is i'm getting up and i'm getting involved yeah. in the different activities but uh yeah
3: um
1: that's where i was <laughs>
2: well that's so cool that's so cool and uh man it's a tough class it's a different class uh, uh it's fully involved uh but that weird training as strange it is tell people 48 hours with me in that environment what impact did it have on you? Did it have any impact at all? What, what impact did it have on you?
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. And I was sharing this with my wife because I told, her, uh, me telling you what I did in the class does, does nothing for you. Because every person will experience Uh, We'll have different experiences when you're put into different environments. And uh, so I was sharing with her, like what I was able to get from it, what I was able to experience from it. And for me, the most impactful thing was just awareness in my life, awareness in my marriage, awareness in my faith, awareness as a leader, awareness as a dad. And uh, that's something that I believe up until that point, I was more, I knew it existed. It's like you are awake And you're walking around and you see people moving around you, but you're not truly, truly in touch. You're not slowing down. And if I'm to boil it down to one word, for me, it was focus. Like if I'm talking to my wife and when I'm talking to my wife, am I truly, truly focused and in that conversation, am I present? So that awareness that I was not present in those areas of my life, I was able to get in touch with it and I've been able to see uh, the results of that since coming out of the class.
2: Well, and that's so what you said, you know, uh, you know, the way of the warrior, you know, I've been, people ask me, so what does it mean to be the way of the warrior? What the, to me, the way of the warrior is, is learning to fight the good fight. And people always go, well, what's the good mm-hmm. fight? And, and we got to figure that out. Your good fight, John Paul might be different than my uh, good fight, but I think ours are very similar. We both serve the same God, Yahweh, the God of the Bible, uh, the God of creation. Amen. Uh, uh we we both want to love and be loved, right? Um we both want we both want to provide for our family, right? Correct. We both want to know we matter, correct? Correct. And we both want to know that God created us for a purpose, correct? Correct. So all those things That we just said we both are in unison. The Bible says amen, right? Amen is just in agreement with That's what amen means. And so yet Mm -hmm. if you look to John Paul and me, we look very different. Uh, You know, he's very dark-skinned. I'm very light-skinned. He's from a country called Uganda who lives in America. I'm from a country called America who now lives in the new America. <laughs> you know, we have, we have different things. You know, I, I, I'm with my family. John Paul is separate from his family. Uh, I want to be successful. John Paul wants to be successful. See, there are similarities, but there are also differences. But this weekend, You saw a group of people from all walks of life, from all backgrounds, some speaking different languages, some having different gods, some having different skin color, some have different uh, belief systems, and yet in two and a half days, how close did we become as a team, John Paul?
1: That was pretty neat. That was another highlight of uh, just seeing the progression of we all started out in our own different corners and a few clicks started forming. But then the unity of pursuing the same end goal, uh, it just gelled. By the time we were out of there, it was like it was just one voice.
2: Yeah, it was incredible. We thank, again, there were 13 of you. Uh, And one person quit. You know, we have people quit every once in a while. It's a tough class. I don't make any apologies. It's tough. One person quit. But so many times, like it happens in our class, when somebody quits, it brought the other 12 of you together. uh, And you overcame. You had to handle people's fear. You had to handle people's doubt. You had to handle people's differences. You had to handle people's past. Uh, and yet the the result was, like you said, we all became one voice. And if we can do that with a group of strangers, John Paul, what can we do with our mm-hmm. families? What can we do with our communities? What can we do with this country? What right. can we do with the church and, and the kingdom? And so right. uh, I'm, we're getting ready to go on a hard break. And I'm going to keep you on because after the break, I want to uh, talk about some things. You know, you and I are much different. You, How long have you been in America? Uh, for roughly eight years as a resident. Okay, and what, what what was your dream about America? When you did, before you were here, what did you dream about with America? So the
1: funny thing, I think it would be, um, I would have to go back to my childhood, because I came over to the U.S. when I was really young. Uh, when I was not really young, but I was uh,
2: young. I was nine years old. How old were you? So nine years old. Hold on to that, John John Paul. Hold old. on to that. So, when, yeah, when you came to America, you were nine years old. So, I want you to keep Correct. that thought, because when we come back, I'm going to have you pick up right where you left off. Because John Paul, uh, this weekend, as much as he might say that I gave him you're going to hear stay tuned to the story because you hear a very emotional piece because john paul gave me something you're going to find out that is priceless uh and if you want to know we're planting the seed for the story you got to stay tuned so john paul we'll go to about a couple minutes of commercials and then we'll back and we'll talk about how he came to america from Uganda and what that means for mr black we'll be right back after these messages you're a work in
0: progress, a little
3: more, a little more.
0: constantly under construction. That's good. To build your productive life, you need the right tools from Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio. A good golfer has a great caddy who shares the load and understands the course. Hire Mr. Black as your life caddy to live more fulfilling and successfully. If you want to get to the next level and beyond, both personally and professionally, Sign up for Mr. Black's Immersive Leadership Awakening class. It's the most powerful, transformational two days you will ever experience. Stay in touch with Mr. Black and the change connected to him on your schedule with his daily podcast. Search Living Like It Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Walk along with Mr. Black as he goes to God's Instruction Manual. It's manna from the Word of God with Mr. Black's Bible teaching at wayofwarrior.blog. Build yourself up like it matters and get everything God has for you. Go to likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.
3: Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business
2: owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you
0: qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what
3: you're going through.
2: Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for
3: free. 800-246-1687. 800-246.
2: 1687. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. And the final leadership awakening for Like It Matters will be uh, next month, December 7th through 9th in Dallas, Fort Worth. It's going to be a big party. Uh, it's going to be our final awakening for leadership uh, for Like It Matters. And it'll be Team 252. Uh, we're going to have a great celebration. The class is going to be packed. Uh, I think we're already at 12. Uh, we're going to keep it open and see how big we can get it for the final class. But uh, I'm shooting throughout 20, 22 people. So go to net. And you can check it out. Check it out. So today we're talking with John Paul. Hey, John Paul, thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your background. So uh, uh, when you were a young person, you came. Someone reached out to you, right? A mission trip or something. Tell us about your life. And you started in Uganda. Fill us in.
1: So I, um, when I was young, I was uh, just around five years old that's when I lost both my parents um, but uh, I was raised by my grandma and my grandma was one of those women that every single person knew in the neighborhood, and she's the, actually the one that connected between nonprofit that had a children's choir program that brought children over to the U.S. to sing in churches, in schools, and different places, so that they could raise money for kids back home in Uganda and in other po- in other countries in Africa to go to school. And uh, so I came, I, that's the first time I came to the US and then I got scholarships, I was able to go to school and graduating from school, that's when I had another door and open for me to actually come back as a chaperone now to train children to actually sing and dance tour the US. And that's how I ended up meeting my wife and then coming full circle to us getting married and then moving to Texas.
2: So, wow. So now I have a, a friend, uh, a Kawuki uh, Mubaraka in Uganda, well, Kampala. Is that correct, Kampala? Am I saying it right? Correct. Yeah, Kampala. Uh, And I've been supporting him for five years. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, for Kawaki, there's a lot, sometimes kids die. Kawaki's three times been on his deathbed I had to get him medicine to to get him fixed. Uh, Let me ask you something. Uh, As a young boy in Uganda, you had to deal with death a lot, correct? Correct. Correct. So, like what? I mean, as a young boy, what, what were you familiar with? Were there people dying all around you? Was that a normal thing?
1: Um, yes, and uh, and it, it, again, it depends which family and how you you grew up. I grew up in uh, Kampala, but in Kampala there are a number of different subdivisions, and uh, there are different places downtown that you would be categorized as a slum, uh, a slum area, and that's one of the areas where I grew up, where the hygiene wasn't necessarily the best, um, the living conditions weren't necessarily the best. So you would get sick a lot, and then there would be a lot of uh, sexually transmitted diseases because that's kind of the environment I grew up in. And uh, growing up in that environment, you it's just what you know, so it doesn't really, you don't really get the contrast until you get out of that environment, and that's what happened for me. So growing up, I watched uh, uh, my mom die at the t- at the time. I didn't really know and understand why she died. I only really got to learn about that after. And then same so with my dad, because my dad died from uh, my mom died from cancer. My uh, dad died from HIV AIDS, but uh, there were not really together it was multiple marriages in our family and so that also impacts impact, impacts a lot of kids in uganda because that impacted me where i was in my sister and i shared both parents but then i had step siblings with each of them having at least a mom or a separate dad. So there is a lot of that, and that carries into the sicknesses and disease that kind of eventually causes a lot of death growing up in Uganda.
2: Yeah, and why that matters is because I have your report here. This is what's stunning, because he became so familiar with the death and the loss. And this is what Kawuki. Kawuki lives in a uh, unsanitized area. They live poor. I mean, uh, every dollar they live off of comes from me. I met him five years ago on LinkedIn, and uh, I've been supporting him since. And sometimes getting him money is hard because I just had a ground say no. Oh, they they froze my account. Say so you got to come in person for your safety. We're not gonna let you ship money. Like what? And so now they're making it hard, but. My point of this, on the report at the end of your training, it said share your fire. And my first question to you was this briefly share what your biggest block in life or business was before attending. And this was stunning for me. But you put not fully caring for people. And that's stunning. And what happened is you became so familiar with death and loss that it had no effect on you. Is that fair to say? Yes, that's correct. And so it was stunning to when you wrote that and and and, you know, the friends that sent you there. One thing I got pretty mad. I want John Paul to get emotional. I want John. I've never seen John Paul cry uh, and your first half of your final exam. You did that whole thing with tears pouring out of your eyes. Tell me though, that. What's changed? Uh, before you didn't really fully care about people. You didn't know that you said you guess you were being selfish. But now that you're aware of it, what's different? So what have you noticed different about yourself this week?
1: I the, I'll take you back a little bit, uh the the way the way it kinda unfolded was um when I was asked to kinda put myself in a position if I was not on this earth. Yeah. What would be said about me. But for yeah. me what hit home was my relationship with my with my wife, my relationship yeah. with my girls. And I yeah. started Kind of walking, walking in those footsteps, like literally yep. walking in those footsteps, and that's what caused me to disengage and engage yep. in a in a, a bit more deeper care of like yep. I, I I I still have a lot to do for my wife. I still have a lot to do for my baby girls, and I want to be there for them. And as I started going down that path, one thing unlocked. After another and that's what I've been able to see that when I came back home um, I would be talking to my wife but because I'm in a place of awareness that am I might truly being authentic to this conversation I see myself putting my phone away putting it on do not disturb and just being fully present in that conversation even if it's for five minutes because I live a very fast-paced life and What was happening was I was not taking the time to slow down and be present. Even in this moment, just being truly, truly present here and being my authentic self. That's the biggest change I've seen.
2: Yeah, and the reason we did is because we took you to the end and we had you consider if today was your last day on this planet and you were done, we're going to find out if there is a God. We believe there is one. It's called faith. We're going to find out at that moment. But it, mm-hmm. how would you want to be remembered and see that until we get out of ourselves right now and go into that future us and ask ourselves, if I was to die today, truly, what would my wife say about me if she was speaking the truth? And I know my kids love me. My girls love me. But truly, if they were speaking the truth, what would they say about me? Uh, and you realize I'm not done yet. I still want to love mm-hmm. them more. I still want to show them more. I still want to teach them more. I still want to hold them more. Right. And it got you emotionally involved. Correct. Correct. Uh, And it it looked absolutely beautiful. Uh, And I want to tell you, you know, you gave me a beautiful gift. Because, you know, I'm, uh, I've been told you with Kawuki, you know, I've been supporting them and the 40 kids out there for, for five years now. Uh, and he's asked me for a while, we need to build a place. You know, I got, I got, uh, 50 kids and Kawuki and three other people I mentor, I teach, and, and yet, you know, I've been keeping them alive. We do a little farming. I bought a piece of land we can farm, farm, but I've never really sent, felt the sense of urgency, uh, to, to buy a piece of property and build them a home. And, you know, fall, I fell in love with you, uh, John. Paul, I did. And you represented Kawuki for the first time. Uh, I got a chance to share space with Kawuki, a man I've never met, a man I've only seen Mm -hmm. video. He's video-timed me and all that. I've sent him a lot of money, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, you're being screwed over. You're being this, that. Uh, No, God brought us together. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm not worried about being taken advantage of. But I wept. I called you Monday after class to thank you, and I sobbed on the phone with you, didn't I? (laughs) I could yes, could stopped it. Yeah, and I couldn't even talk. I felt kind of embarrassed because you made Kawuki more real to me. I know Kawuki's real. I've talked to him, I've loved on him. I've saved his life three times. We feed him, I mentor him but you made him real and uh which made me really stir up and now I've uh, created a building project you know $15,000 we're we're buying a piece of land for 7500 uh, and we're going to put up home on it so we can house those kids house him and uh have a place where we can feed people around the village but I just want to thank you for that because as much as I've given to Kawuki, you gave me uh the reality of uh, he matters uh, and he—he's John Paul, and he's—he's uh, he's worth living. He's a living, breathing human being. And no, no matter—it's mm-hmm. one thing to be poor in a wealthy country. It's another thing to be poor in a poor country. So uh, I, I just want yes. to thank you for that. But r- real yes. quick, we're getting ready to go. About a minute and a half left. Uh, what, what, what is? Uh, what would you like to tell people about leadership awakening? Uh, what impact did it make? And should anybody consider attending?
1: Create space for it, a hundred percent. Create time for it. Invest in it. Um, because you never truly, truly know what's within you, what's inside in you until you shift your environment and get into a place that is going to um, allow you to uh, just go 1% a little bit more uh, ex- excited yep. about life. Just go uh, 1% more uh, more enthusiastic about life because now you are getting uh, outside what you've been used to for so long. And that's what that 48 hours did for me. I got a little bit outside what I'm used to. And then here I am.
2: Wow. Wow. And you hit it right on the nose, John Paul. We changed your environment. And so you changed your perception. And when you change your perception, you've now changed your life. And so I just want to thank you, John Paul. Man, you've done so much for me. I look forward to what God has for us together. Uh, And anything I can do to serve you, you you just let me know. Okay, brother? Yes. All right, brother. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. God bless you, John Paul. We'll talk later, okay? I'm Mr. Black. Stay tuned. After have a break. I'm going to put it all in perspective. When you change your environment, you change your perspective. You can change your life. We'll be right back. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening Dot net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you.
0: If I was your mother and you had a drug problem, I'd grab you by the ear and make you call and get help. You can be in treatment tomorrow and start to get clean in seven days. Follow mom's advice and call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. Write this number
3: down. 800 210 7907. 800 210 7907.
2: 800 210 7907. That's 800 210 7907. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio. Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am Black, and you are back. You know, we have one life to live. And if we live it right, how many do you need? Why are you here? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again and again? Reminds me of a story. I once heard A, a boy and his dad were at church and somehow they got separated. The dad was looking for his son, and he eventually found him standing before a picture hanging on a wall. The father stood a distance and just watched his son to see what he was doing, and he just was standing there gazing at the picture. He didn't even know if he was really looking at it because he just stood and was just staring off through the picture. So the father approached the boy from behind and, and stood behind the boy, again watching the boy, as he almost gazed through the painting, it was strange because it wasn't that big of a deal, the painting. It was a it was a painting of people in the water. There was a vessel carrying many people, and you could see it had capsized. You could see it in the distance. There were many people in the water floating around, and, and there was one lifeboat with a man inside the lifeboat leaning over the boat, sticking his hand out to another person in the water. So there was a person in the water, leaning his hand up to the man in the boat and the man in the boat reaching his hand out to another person in the water and their hands were almost touching. And so as the father gathered this information of what his son was looking at, how his son was lost in that picture, the father stood behind his son and there seemed to be moments of silence. And after a while, his father finally spoke to the boy and said to him, son, what are you doing? His son responded with a simple question. Daddy, is that man wanting to save those people? Or is he just shaking hands with them? (laughs) Let me ask you all that same question. Are you wanting to save those people? or are you just shaking hands with them? The world is lost. The new America is nothing like America, is lost. We chase after the gods of Baal and Asraf and Molech. We mock Yahweh. The only time we're allowed to speak the name of Jesus is when we slam our finger in a door or we hit our thumb with a hammer. We lie about science and say that men can have babies and that X and Y chromosomes have no value. There's actually the seven universal laws. Some could say 12, seven. There's a law of gender that says there's a male and a female, and it's a law for thousands of years, long before there's a Republican or a Democrat. Long before, actually a couple hundred years before Joe Biden was born. <laughs> we gotta ask ourselves this question, warriors. Are we wanting to just be friends with the world? Or are we changing eternities? Are we wanting to save people or are we just shaking hands with those that are drowning? See my goal is to save people to pull them out of survival into the boat called living life like it matters to the glory of God. This is why we got to know who we are because when we know who we are what to do is different but you got to change your environment sometimes the environment is everything in a good environment you can produce great things in a poor environment. The study of epigenetics in the book, uh, biology of belief by Bruce Lipton. He said at the time that we were technically community of 300 trillion cells. And now we realize we're about 180 trillion to 200 trillion. But he said, quote, we're a community of 300 trillion cells, all driven by our environment. He says what we used to believe about what drove a cell was absolutely wrong. We used to believe that the nucleus drove the cell. I'm a scrub nurse in the army, a surgeon's assistant. I just study a lot of biology. I was told way back then in the eighties that the nucleus was the brains of the cell. It drove the cell, but now we know it's not true. It's the cell membrane. We're a community of 300 trillion cells all driven by our environment. And this is why if you change your position, you change your perspective. And let's be honest the greatest environment we live in is in our heads the battle is in the mind the good book the gospel basic instructions before leaving earth says the battle is in the mind we are told to not think like people of this world we are not of this world, we're just in this world. So, Romans 12 2 says, Do not conform to the thinking of this world. To transform, the word is metamorphose, to metamorphose your thinking, to make it into something other than what other people do. This journey that I started 31 years ago, it started with Empower You. That was the cocoon. I had to teach people, starting with myself that I matter, that value. I had to learn to fight for myself, fight for my purpose. And I had to teach others the ability to fight for what they believed in, for who they are. And after 20 years of doing that and getting that understanding that I am somebody, teaching people they are somebody, they matter. Then it became like it matters because now that we know that we matter, now live it like it matters. And like it matters is all about learning with a toolbox that we are three-part being. We have a body, but we're not the body. We have a brain, but we're not the brain. And we have a spirit, we are three-part triune entity. And if you're gonna have full, impactful training, it must impact all three levels. And we all know we have a past, a present, a future. And so we had to process that. But now that part of the journey is coming to a close, and now, why are we living our life like it matters? Because it's the way of the warrior proper preparation prevents piss poor performance there's six pieces for you but let me give you three more the mindset of a warrior is peaceful powerful and present and since most people don't have that environment what i do is i bring them into my environment and i change environments i give them a place where they can grow it's the story of the sower and the seeds The seed is spread out, and Jesus says it falls on four different types of soil, and only one of them produces 30, 60, 90, 100 times. But here's what you got to get, the same soil. I'm sorry, it's the same seed. It's the same seed, but different soil. I'm spreading the same seed, but I have to change your environment so the soil of the heart and the mind are created prepared to take it on and I've been doing what I do for 31 years I remember years ago this woman reached out to me and she had a daughter who was struggling getting ready to go out to college but she she wasn't ready she was suicidal depressed and and she was worried that the world would take her over she was raised in the church and so her mom had heard about the life-changing work I do so she'd never been to my training but she sent her daughter to me and her daughter struggled mightily I thought she was gonna quit at some point but she overcame she came out did well so the next Monday, I call up my uh, my the mom of the student, and as soon as she hears my voice, she starts crying. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, Mr. Black, Mr. Black, I gotta tell you something. She said, when my daughter came home Saturday night, uh, man, she looked different. The dogs barked at her, she was acting different. And I was talking to her, her father about this, and we called her out, and she was gone. And they were gone for a long time, her and her little sister, and we found out they had went to Mardell's, a Christian bookstore. Why? Because my, the graduate, her daughter had told her sister all about what she learned about power of the mind and all that, and how she got to change the environment. The most important environment is in her head between the stimulus and the response. So they replaced all their funky, gunky, junky music with good, Christian, positive music. But there was one song the cheerleader, the younger daughter, wanted to keep because her her, her sister said, you know, we're going to get rid of all music, but she She said, no, let me keep this one song because we practice cheerleading to it. And it only has a few bad words. And she said, could I keep that? And so what her sister said, my graduate said, was mind-boggling. She said, okay, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to make you a batch of cookies. And I'm only going to put one scoop of poop in them. Are you okay with that? Powerful words from a child. And I don't know about you, but if I'm looking at a plate of cookies... And I think there might be a Fleco poop in one of those cookies. I'm on a diet. And the moral of the story is, if you won't put a Fleco poop in your mouth, why would you put the world, the crap that the world's sending you in your head? You got to keep that environment of your head clean. Go to likeitmatters.net. I'll help you clean it up. I'm Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you
3: continue the journey of living life like it matters.